you doing, man? Well, and I apologize. I am finishing up my breakfast here. Um, 2023 can suck a dick. I said no. You, can it, suck a bag of dicks. In ba- fact, it could kiss a diseased crack whore asshole of someone who's just performed the the donkey show in <laughs> Tijuana, Mexico. That's that's how I feel about 2023 so far. Don't mince words, Jay. What, 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 how do you really feel? Eh, I'm annoyed. Oh my god! So I am just trying to call up a couple of files here. This is this is like in this is like first class embarrassment right here. Um, the the name of this show is um. I can't even get the words out. This is this is this is how I feel about the whole topic. Um, um, the Fedora Chronicles radio show presents. Ohio's Chernobyl, recorded on February 18th, 2022. Across the desk and across the country is my good friend Jason Cousineau. Uh, I am, of course, um, Eric Runyer King Fisk, um, the, the, the man behind the scenes, just the, just, the, just the guy who is just running everything um, here at the Fedora Chronicles headquarters in an undisclosed location here in the uh, southern south central new hampshire i i'm going to just say this like right off the bat um and i know that this is going to be surprising to a lot of people and they're going to be shocked when i say this we we have little idea of, of what we're actually talking about and neither does anybody else one thing i will say about the fedora chronicles it's it's definitely run a lot better than um the department of transportation under pete Buttigieg. That's and that, that, that that's just going to let you know how this show is going to go. <laughs> it's kind of a low bar. That's a low bar. That is a that is a low bar. Um, I sent you a picture yesterday of I said um, it's uh, if 2023 was a scented candle. <laughs> and it's so true. It oh is. My God. It is so true. Um, so obviously what we are going to be talking about is the disaster ongoing unfolding in Ohio. I don't even know where to begin with all of this, other than the fact that there was a trail derailment on a Friday night uh, in East Palestine, Ohio, with several million pounds of um, dangerous chemicals, most importantly, vinyl hydroxide, if I have that correctly. And to prevent a further explosion, they set, um, they sent, they, they, they just lit it on fire. And they, I'm sure that everybody who is listening to this now, if you're listening to this in, um, shortly after we, we we publish this and re- release this you've already seen the pictures and it's and the picture is on the show page this is being declared as perhaps maybe one of the most the biggest ecological disaster in the in the history of the United States and, and, right, I, and news is starting to cover it now the news is finally the news is finally starting to cover it they're not giving Joe Biden any, you know, or the EPA any hard-hitting questions about it, but not, I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure where do we begin with this. Um, what I will say is that for for me, somebody who lives in New England. You would think that's, that an event in Ohio would have little or no effect on us here in, in this part of the country. There are dozens of people who are now reporting subtle symptoms. I called Jay yesterday and I said there is a smell in the air. And that there are people in the south south of me who are complaining of some kind of smell in the air. And it some people can smell it. 
some people say it's like it's overwhelming. Other people are just like, I, I can't smell anything. I, everything seems right. normal. Um, and one of the pictures that I'm featuring on the show page, and let me see if I can let me see if I can send it to Jay. I, um, one of the things that really sort of freaked us out was that this was a um, I might actually have to send it to you via via text did this is the noah high split model particle cross section and this was published the fourth of, of of february and you can tell that this this cloud was heading towards new england there are people in pennsylvania new york connecticut vermont new hampshire and parts of massachusetts who have already sort of noticed some people are seeing pitting like corrosion pitting in the the paint in some of their cars from this event. Wow. Um, some people are now seeing... Now, what's scary is, is I'm looking at that image, and it's it's not a big image. It's a small it's, image. It's not a... Yeah. But yeah. it looks like, according to this, you shouldn't be affected at all, and yet you're seeing things. Yeah. You're seeing effects. We it was oh, there are people who are claiming to see effects. I'm not, as I'm wow. as I'm as I'm talking to you right now, I am um trying to find that image. I this is like one of those things where this is this is an overwhelming news event. This is like one of those things where it was just like you don't you you just you just you just don't know what to say about it. The federal government has not done anything to help these people in in Ohio besides sending the EPA. And um, FEMA has been completely shut out because this is not a disaster that warrants their attention. Because I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know why FEMA is not helping these people out in Ohio. Well, it's not an emergency, clearly. It's just a little train wreck that dumped millions of or hundreds of tons of caustic chemicals into the environment. Why would you know? Why would you consider that an emergency? They set it on fire. What more do you want? Yes, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. It's I, although, on the other hand, I will say this. What exactly are they going to do? Seriously, what are they going to do? They can't keep them in the area. If it's that bad, they shouldn't. They should evacuate the area, but they're not going to do that because where are they going to go? Here, I'm going to. I'm just going to read this from um, NOAA, N O A A, Air Resource mm -hmm. Laboratory, investigating processes of the Earth's boundary layer. This is their um, weekly news that they published. On February 3rd, um, an eastbound Norfolk southbound train bound for South, uh, I'm sorry, Conway, Pennsylvania, derailed in East Palestine, Ohio on Friday, February 3rd, 2023 at 8.55 p.m. About five, 50 cars were derailed. Of those contained hazardous materials and four contained vinyl chloride. While no injuries were apparent from the immediate derailment, the fire spanned the length of the rail cars and continued for several days. At least one vinyl chloride car is intermittently leaking contents through a pressure release device the local weather forecasting has been using high split um, runs to monitor the situation the resulting plume rising from vinyl chloride the leaking vinyl now, chloride what is, vinyl, what is vinyl chloride vinyl chloride is one of the ingredients that they use in pvc well i mean I'm looking it up, but I mean, is it? It says right here. Is it the, toxic in and of itself? Yes, I mean, I mean it, the vinyl chloride. Yes, is very toxic, and that when it when it burns, one of the byproducts is hydrochloric acid, and hy hydrochloric acid is um, was a big deal in the 1980s. If you were like, if you remember the um, the big huge scare about um, uh, acid rain in the 1980s. Yeah. And that was vinyl chloride that they were talking about. Yeah. So here we go. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for vinyl chloride. 
Colorless compound is important industrial chemical you chiefly used to produce poly, polymer polyvinyl chloride, or PVC. VCM, which is another thing for vinyl chloride monomer, which is basically vinyl chloride, is among the top 20 largest petrochemicals in world pop production. So that's maced, it's a petroleum product. The United States remains the largest VCM manufacturing region because of its low production cost position in chlorine and ethylene raw materials. China has a large manufacturer and is one of the largest consumers. Vinyl chloride is a flammable gas that has a sweet odor and is carcinogenic. It can be formed in the environment when soil organisms break down chlorinated solvents. Vinyl chloride is released by industries or formed by the breakdown of other chlorinated chemicals that can enter the air and drinking water supplies. It's a common contaminant found near landfills. In the past, it was used as a refrigerant. Due to its hazardous nature, VCM is not found in other products other than PVC. Uh, so it's like if PVC he... is stable and storable, but not toxic. Right. Wow. So it's just a little bit of this falling into the, you know, air and water and ground of in Ohio and apparently it was a, it's a million pounds. It was a million. Yeah, it was a million pounds. They set it on fire because they would rather set it on fire and disperse it into the air than let it seep into the groundwater in that area. And it um, they're, they're also their biggest concern was million pounds of vinyl chloride uh, making its way down the Ohio River and then down the Mississippi River and then finally to the Gulf of Mexico. And this is this is not like any oil spill. This is something like that that is far worse. This is a man-made chemical that is directly linked to um, previously rare and almost unknown um, liver cancers, liver disease. So here's a question. Yep. Um, what exactly can they do about it? I mean, burning it is not a good idea, but it's better than letting it seep into the groundwater in the area right? Or letting it seep into the surface water of the area. They don't want it in the ground. They don't want it in the water. So they burn it. Well, burning it puts it into the air. Does that remove, does burning it remove the, the, the carcinogenic property? Does it make it less toxic? I mean, what exactly? Cause burning is a chemical process. Yeah. So, oh, here we go. Fire and explosion hazard. Ooh. Okay. A flammability rating of four, which is very flammable, has a low boiling point, will go through flash ev evaporation. The portion vaporized will form a dense cloud more than twice as heavy as surrounding air. The risk of subsequent explosion or fire is significant. Oh, oh, that's good. The flash point is negative 108 degrees. Flammable limits in air are, uh, I don't know what any of that means, so I'm not going to bother reading it. May release toxic hydrogen chloride and carbon monoxide. It can polymerize rapidly due to heating and under the influence of air light in contact with a catalyst, strong oxidizers, and metals such as copper and aluminum with fire or explosion hazard. As a gas mixed with air, it's a fire and explosion hazard on standing conform peroxides, which may then explode. It will react with iron and steel in the presence of moisture. But it doesn't it, say anything about, is it still cancerous after it's been burned? So this is talking about, in and of itself, it's got an explosion and fire hazard. So yeah. setting it on fire probably was going to happen anyway. All it took was the right spark, right? Right. But does that make it less toxic? Is that why are they setting it on fire? Is that a good thing, or is it just a way of cleaning it up? That's that's a tough question, and I I I don't have the answer to that. For them to clean up the area, they would actually have to actually dig up the dirt around that area and treat it somehow, some way. I don't know if um if they put it in, in a in a, a, a a special incinerator and then the 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 fumes that come off of that um are 
burned at a certain temperature, like a, like a couple of thousand degrees to break it down even further. This is just a very, very dangerous chemical that was being run on the railroads. Now we're finding out all kinds of stories about or the horror stories behind the conditions of the railroads, especially in Ohio, that just don't right. meet safety standards. And well, here's the thing, right? And this is where you have. Sometimes you have personal information and it scares the shit out of you, but yeah. you're like, all right, well, it's been operating that way for literally decades, so what's the worst that could happen? The transportation of volatile chemicals like vinyl chloride happens regularly on our highways, on our train systems, but not in aircraft. Generally speaking, they don't fly those things around just because it's a more expensive way of, of moving them around. One gallon of diesel gas can move several hundred tons on the railroads. The railroads are the cheapest way of transporting anything, especially in bulk. Okay. Once, however, railroads don't go everywhere, which is why it also travels on the back of trucks, usually big rigs. Right. Yep. This is used, so it has to be transported. Same thing with other toxic chemicals. Okay. I don't see a problem with transporting them per se. However, I do have a friend who works in the railroad industry. And everyone may remember that the railroad almost went on strike earlier this yes. year because yep. they wanted a little thing called sick days and time off that they weren't getting. And one of the other things they were complaining about is exactly this problem. They've known that there were issues and safety issues because of the aforementioned inability to take time off. You're overworking people, they're going to get tired, things are going to go, things are going to be screwed up, right? Yep. You can't blame someone who's worked 17 hours a day if they miss something. You just can't. No. That's called being human. Very, 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 very few people are going to be able to concentrate effectively for 17 hours. And the ones that do are usually surgeons, and they make a hell of a lot more money than the guys on the railroad, the men and women on the railroad, yeah. I should say. So you pay people shit, you treat them like shit, and what's going to end up happening, and especially after you overwork them, is that you end up with things like this. Things are going to get missed. And you can't blame the individual for it, although that's exactly what the what the railroad companies are going to do. They're going to blame the individuals. Why weren't you following the safety procedures? Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. because I was working for 14 fucking hours that day after having worked 17 hours the previous day, 14 hours the day before that, and 16 hours the day before that. I was a little tired. By the way, I haven't seen my wife and kids in a month. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's... And I was sick as a dog, but I'm not allowed to be without giving you three weeks' notice. And we all know how flus are, you know, very kind about giving us advance notice. Yeah, that's the best part about having the flu. Like, you can put it on your calendar and say, um, yeah, no, you know what? If I have to have the flu, I'm going to have it at the, yeah, at the end of this month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a nice little thing, you know? Convenience. So... How can you hold people accountable when you're not letting them have any form of quality of life? I place the blame for this strictly on the railroad companies. Now, in the United States, there's, I forget if it's three or four, there's less than five major railroad companies, right? Yeah. And ironically, three of them are on your monopoly board. Yep. <laughs> right. Or some version of them are on the monopoly yep. board because they haven't changed since the 1800s. No. And when I say they haven't changed, a lot of their policies haven't changed since the 1800s. The reason why the government got involved when they were talking, when the workers were talking about striking, is because if the trail, if the rails stop, a lot of shit stops transportation of food, transportation of like milk, dairy products, um, lots of raw materials used in manufacturing, a lot of this stuff stops. You mess with the railroads, you mess with the truckers, and you're messing with the entire country, plain yeah. and simple. 
I mean, this is this is part of the argument that they had in back in December when right. the railroad workers wanted to go on strike because they are they are understaffed, they are overworked, overworked. and that um, at at their height they were at like more than a a, a million railroad workers, and that's been whittled down to like uh, two hundred and fifty thousand. And apparently, according to the reports that's like I'm going to be posting on the show page, that there were only three people working this specific train the night of the accident, the engineer, the conductor, and a trainee. Right. And they had both, all three of them had already been working at least more than 12 hours that day. And, And on top of that, you put that on top of that, the conditions of the rail itself is an absolute total disaster it's it it it, it does not meet sa- safety standards i was actually looking at a couple of uh, pictures and videos and trying to do show prep for this and it's like you look at some of the rail that has been um warped and twisted because of neglect over the past 70 some odd years and it's it, and we're going to get to pete Buttigieg in a second but while we've been following the story there was another accident in detroit with other hazardous chemicals that were being carried thank god as far as we know nothing was spilled but according to pete Buttigieg, there's literally thousands of of derailments every year that that we don't hear about yeah and one of the things that i have been saying on this podcast is that we are watching our country in free fall we are we are right. watching now, when you hear people talking about the infrastructure this is in part what we're talking about railroads are part of our infrastructure and yeah there are hundreds of rail derailments that go unreported cuz the rails go in a lot of places where there aren't people and if there's no people, there's no news. So the, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, it, it's it's fine. One of the things that we we had talked about over the past couple of years is like you drive down the highway and you look at the bridges and there are giant chunks of 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 metal falling off in the form of giant flakes of rust, especially um, here on the East Coast. If you drive 495. And you pass these bridges, they are in desperate need of either being replaced or or maintained. Yeah. And um, at least once or twice a year, you hear hear of a major bridge collapse. And our infrastructure is falling apart here in the United States, despite the fact that we we are allocating billions, if not trillions, of dollars for infrastructure and nothing is getting done and then you turn around and it's like you see there's a report that joe biden has promised ukraine that we will help cover their social services meaning like we're going to take care of retirees pensions in ukraine we're going to be able to take care of um, families and all of their medical needs and and their infrastructure problems Meanwhile, we have the what is probably going to be declared as one of the biggest ecological disasters in the United States history. And you ask, well, what is being done to prevent these? And Pete Buttigieg just said, well, this is I mean, this is par for the course. This happens a, a, a thousand times a year. Now, if you divide, let's just say we divide a thousand by how many like um divided by 365 so apparently there are at least more than two and a half derailments every day in the united states and this is not supposed to be a big deal what happened in ohio is not supposed to be a big deal but here's here's the thing though you can say that there's thousands of car accidents on any given stretch of highway in a year Right. Yep. And be accurate, because if you have a tire blowout, that's a car accident. 
a train derailment is not always a catastrophic event of this size. No. A train derailment oftentimes is just a switch was not fully engaged or something like that. So the train started going from, you know, part of the train started going on one rail. The other train started going, the back started going onto a different rail. That's a derailment. It's not necessarily catastrophic, right? So, really, I, 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 I will say misleading. I wanted to say dishonest, but it's that's not the right word. It's to say that this happens thousands of times a year. This does not. Not every train derailment equates into an environmental disaster like this. And what about the people that live in that area? Is the government going to now take care of that? Are overtaxed health healthcare workers, are they going to take care of it? Many of whom got fired because they wouldn't get the jab during COVID. Yeah. You know, we're, we're barreling down a road to oblivion and we keep doing the best we can to increase speed. We need to start putting on the brakes. We need to start looking at things from a better perspective. And honestly, that means stop caring so much about people's hurt feelings in, in many cases, you know? That, yeah, that's pretty rough. I'm, I'm sorry you have cancer, but you're in stage one cancer and we've got people in stage four cancer that need this treatment right now. That's what you get when you have a healthcare system, you know? Yeah. There are things we can do to alleviate our overworked healthcare system. We can make the working conditions better so more people will want to be doctors. We can change the way, you know, we can't necessarily change the pay structure because that would be the government getting too involved in what is essentially a private business. To healthcare. You do not have a right to healthcare in terms of someone giving you their time and effort and skills that they've spent a lot of money and time learning, you are not entitled to that. You're entitled to ask them and they can say no. Right? Kind of a cold and heartless thing to say. Um, but it's the truth. Because you didn't pay their medical school you didn't support them when they were going through their um residency so why are you entitled to their efforts on what you're dictating yeah. medicare is a huge load on our healthcare system and that's not to say that we shouldn't do it in that same thing that i've always said when it comes to healthcare what the government provides should be a safety net it should not compete with private insurance at all. I saw a great article on, uh, I think it was Cora, and this woman's an economist. She has a PhD in, econ in economics, and she was working for the government for a few years looking at ways to reduce costs. And she said, in this one answer, she said, Medicare typically pays between 60 and 70% of what a your costs and Medicare counts on the fact that all of the private insurance providers are going to be able to pay the balance of that with other people so if you're on Medicare and you get say a tonsillectomy which costs I don't know let's just say $1,400 yeah right they're counting on the people with private that insurance company forking out $2,200 to compensate for the fact that you're paying $1,400. $1, they're counting on it, mm -hmm. which means we cannot enact Medicare on a national level for everybody. Banks, health care facilities will all go bankrupt. We're seeing that now. Plain and simple. We're the seeing banks that are tied now. into the insurance companies. What's that? We're seeing that now. Well, we are. 
you know? We're seeing things being consolidated. It's not very long before we're going to start seeing huge monopolies in, in healthcare, except for in select areas. Massachusetts, like Boston, Massachusetts, for example, is one that you're never going to see medical monopolies in. But Montana, you will. You know, mm. the outskirts of Pennsylvania, you will. Western New York, you will. Because the areas that have the universities, the areas that have, especially the reputable universities, which in the medical industry right now, that's basically Massachusetts, Utah, and Alabama, um, and Atlanta, Georgia, right? Those are the areas where if people are going to one of those schools, they're getting a premium education in, in healthcare. It used to be, California used to be part of that, but from what I've been understanding, that's not so much the case anymore. You know, and we're not putting, we're not looking at how to fix that. We're looking at how to make people feel better about our situation being fucked up by appeasing them for their own personal situation. It just seems like there are just so many distractions and it's so, it's just so easy to take your, um, your eyes off of like what's really important. And it's so easy to get distracted by all of these other issues. Whereas it's well, like, it's not sexy to say, Hey, you know, we've kind of fucked up on the national level. Yeah, this That's is not a sexy thing to say, and we have to fix it. This is like one of those issues where you look at the domestic policies of the United States for the past 70 years, and we have to realize that this has been a complete failure. Where, whereas you look at the money that we spent in Afghanistan only to abandon Afghanistan. You look at all the the money that we spent in Iraq, and then we abandoned Iraq after we announced, and I'm using this in air quotes, mission accomplished. And it's like, how, how much money did we spend on the war in Afghanistan fighting the Taliban? How many billions of dollars or how many trillions? Like if you just do a quick search on DuckDuckGo, yeah, but here's the thing. How? Why did we go there? <sighs> I mean, we can't. It's it's one thing to say, why did we spend so much money there? I, I agree with that. Why did we spend so much money there? It's another thing to say, well, we went there because we were attacked, and that's where a lot of the people that attacked us were living. That's where a lot of the animosity came from. The Taliban. The, the, yeah, the the the, 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 the Taliban. The Taliban was active in Afghanistan, Afghanistan and Pakistan and Iraq. Iraq and Saudi yep. Arabia. That's where they got so, mu so much of their funding. But we can't go to war with Saudi Arabia. We can't go after Saudi Arabia, though, because Saudi too much money. Yeah. Um, right? This is where things like oil independence comes in. Because if we don't care about those countries in the Middle East anymore, we don't need to have allies in there. And therefore... They can sort their own shit out. Middle East is fucked up because no one in the Allied powers listened to what uh, Lawrence of Arabia, T.E. Lawrence, said. All right? Hmm. We can get into the history of that. But right now, destroying our country because we're not putting money into infrastructure. Everyone bitches about potholes. Everyone yeah. does. That's infrastructure on your car is happening because the people in charge of your money would rather make sure that their are getting free shit than taking care of the roads they're actually responsible for. Yeah. You know, we need to, and this is the thing, what we really honestly need are for people to stand up and say, don't give me free shit. Fix the fucking road. Yeah. Fix the railroad. Why does my power fluctuate when the wind blows? Right? Yeah. Why, why is it There's, there? Are, there are why, are, why is our oil pipeline susceptible to a hack and they can shut down the entire East Coast oil pipeline? One hacker can do that. How come that there are Shit. ruling blackouts in certain parts of the country, especially California? Why, why are, well, we know the reason for that. Yeah, no, no, this this is all, I think that these are all rhetorical questions, whereas 
I mean, I'm looking at right. this this issue in Ohio, not as one specific problem, but I look at it as a sim- symptom of a much larger right. problem. And that's very true. That's very true. Our, our power infrastructure, our transportation infrastructure, we're letting that, we're failing that. And when I say we, I mean every single state government and the federal government is failing that. The local municipals are not responsible and your city and, or its town are not responsible for railroads. They're responsible for the local roads. The state is responsible for state highways and the federal government is responsible for interstates. That's just how that goes. That's the, that's the way it's set up. What did, what did you just say? Because you, uh, there, you do, you are dropping out occasionally. Who's responsible so, for the railroads? The state and the federal government are the only ones that can do anything about the railroads. Your local municipalities cannot. Your county, your city cannot do anything about the railroads. Right. The state is responsible for the interstate system that it contains, and they get money from the federal government to help maintain that. That's the way it was designed in the beginning. But those funds are being diverted. We all need to, and I keep saying this, we all need to pay closer attention at our local level, our our county level, and at our state yeah. level. Now, north of the Mason-Dixon line and east of the Mississippi, counties don't mean a whole lot. But everywhere else they do. Yeah. Like I don't have any at the at the local level. It's all county. The county pays for all of that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So we need to start paying closer attention to what those. What are they doing with our money? And we need to do that at the state level. What are you doing with our money? I want an itemized and it doesn't have to be granular, but you got X amount of money from this federal government to maintain our roads. How much money was spent on our roads? Period. Yeah. Period. And we also need to, there's another thing that another economist I I read had mentioned is that the government works on a, not a zero baseline, but they work on a previous baseline. So every government agency for the next year, and they base it on the budget they currently have plus X amount. Usually it's 3%, sometimes it's as high as 7%, depending on what their, what department is. We need them to work on a baseline of how can I reduce my spend to get more money? It's just a completely different mindset. That's what we need all of our governments to do. Could you imagine if every agency at in your state, wherever you are in the United States, in your state, if every agency said, how can we reduce costs and provide better service? Yeah. Because that's our problem. We're not spending the money where it needs to go. We're serving special interests. We're not. We are not being governed responsibly. We just are not. And it. I don't see any way it's going to change. We need to stop thinking of our elected officials as being leaders and think of them as servants. Because that's what they are. They're there to serve our needs. They're managers that we hire. They are not people that lead us. They are managers we hire to basically shepherd the resources that they're responsible for. And the Pete Buttigieg off a thousand train derailments a year. Yeah, he's not a good manager. Well, I wanted to just quickly just go over this because I'm reading the like the news items here. Pete Buttigieg gets an F grade from east palestine's congressman he hasn't even shown up the nation Buttigieg paralysis after each east palestine disaster is a gift to the hard right that that it certainly is why Buttigieg is drawing so much uh, gop scorn um michael rowley i think take a shot if i mispronounce his name calls on Pete, Pete Buttigieg to resign over lack of action in East Palestine derailment, um, all of, there's all of these calls for Pete Buttigieg to resign because he, I mean he's literally not done anything. Um, he's hardly even mentioned this. 
he did a tweet about um, railroad safety on Twitter, and it's it's a twenty tweet long um, lecture on the future of rail and why we have to, you know, his his proposals is going to revolutionize rail, but it's like hardly any mention at all about this disaster. And on top of that, I mean, Joe Biden hasn't even shown up to the disaster in Ohio. And he of course not. It's it, toxic. You can't imagine. You can't expect an old man like that to show up. I'm sure that they could be they, they could be um, precautions. But I mean, he's not even uh, visiting the people who are who, who are suffering the most people in that town. He's, he hasn't shown up. He he's he's MIA. He hasn't had a, a press conference on this. He hasn't spoken about this directly, except for like maybe once in passing. If FEMA um, was not allowed to go because this 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 isn't this isn't in their their realm. And we have um, the railroad company that is doing their own tests on the air quality. Sorry, Gesundheit. excuse me. Um, thank you. Um, if, if, if people's wondering why um, Jay is, um, I, I turned my mic off and I was, I was sneezing. Um, and it's, I, it's, I don't know if it's allergy season or what. My eyes are watering and it's like I have a runny nose and I'm fatigued right now. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I, I feel this way. Um, with everything that is going on right now, in the country especially with this tra- trail derailment derailment i was like the only the only people who are covering the story as far as i can tell is fox news and bbc and if if you know me and my work and what it is that i do it's like i'm i'm right now i'm in the middle of either managing uh, horse barns or or helping as 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 a uh, as a laborer with at all of these horse binds and that there's a little bit of traveling involved and I'm flipping through all the stations and CNN, MSNBC, they're not covering the story, but you go over um, on Fox there, they were interviewing people who were there. They were, they were interviewing the mayor of the town, the governor of the state, the, um, uh, the, the congressman from that state, the, the, the senators, um, that serve in Congress, there, there is no coverage in the mainstream media until maybe yesterday and today. Now they're starting to really cover it. And, it, and all I can think about is this is going to hurt the Democrats. Because To be fair, if it was President Trump and this happened, it would be the exact opposite. Fox would not be covering it and everyone else would. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that there would be nonstop coverage and you would have people like Rachel Maddow and Joe Scarborough saying that this is an example of um, why you you don't vote for the orange man, orange man bad. If it wasn't for the orange man, this would never happen. And to be absolutely, totally fair, this is this is this is not just Joe Biden's fault. This is the fault of of the past five or six administrations who have turned a blind eye to the conditions of the railroads. This did not yeah. happen. This did not happen overnight. How did mayor Pete quote unquote, get into office, a federal office, the, the transportation czar, as it were. And a disaster happens and he's, he's practically silent. He got his job because he agreed to drop out at the appropriate time to let Joe Biden run. And the price for that, that dropout was a place in the administration. This is why politics is dirty. Yeah. It's a dirty fucking game. It really is. That's, and that's the other thing. It's been a shit year. Oh, it's been a shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't mean to say I, I don't mean to sound callous when I say this. I, I you know it's been a shit year for everybody, and I I, I and I I just I, I just don't know if 
I just don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Because, I mean, while, while we've been covering this story about um, Ohio's Chernobyl, you know, I'm just wondering, like, where's Greenpeace? Where, where are all the environmentalists? How come the there's how come there's no protest? I'm not seeing any protest from from the usual suspects. I'm, no, I mean if they're worried about fucking climate change, where the hell are they on this? Oh, that's right, Orange Man's not in charge. But that doesn't seem to make a lot of. It doesn't. It it doesn't seem to make a lot a lot of sense. Not an actual belief system. If they actually believed it, if Barack Obama actually believed. In climate change and rising sea levels, would he have spent fourteen million dollars on river on waterfront property in Martha's Vineyard? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. But for the most part, all of the politicians really don't honestly believe the shit they're selling. I I do think that there is going to come a time in the not too distant future we are going to see people starting to flip out and there's going to be some kind of if there's if there's not some kind of protest if there's not some kind of revolt from the left and i they're gonna they're, they've lost all credibility well that's just it if they're not gonna bitch about this they can't talk about climate ever again because the first response should be what about east palestine ohio if you're concerned about the environment what why haven't i heard you say shit about east palestine yeah exactly so I I hate to end this on on this note. Um I I yeah. I genuinely feel bad for the people in uh in Ohio and I feel bad for all the people who are in the path of this plume. I I have no idea if if the symptoms I'm feeling right now have something to do with this or it's just allergies. Um Yeah. You know, I mean I, I have a scratchy throat, watery eyes. My nose is running. I feel fatigued um, more than usual, and I, I'm just I'm just wondering, like, uh, what's causing this? What's what's causing these these symptoms? Um, I haven't noticed any real changes in the in, in the uh, the wildlife here yet. Um, but I also wonder about um, the long-term effects and how is this how is this going to affect other people? So um, I, I I think that uh, I think the only call to action is that I think that people should get go on go to Facebook, go to Twitter, and and just start asking questions and and. Um, I think the government has to answer for their silence on this issue. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that the, I don't think that there is any kind of conspiracy theory behind this. I don't think that there's I, I don't think that there's anything nefarious going on. I just think it's laziness. And I think that because the politicians have been been bought by industry, um, they're very careful not to step on the toes of the people who caused this incident. So I'm going to leave it at that, Jay. And if you have any any final words on this topic. Uh... Well, I think we as voters, if you're asking what you can do about it, pay attention to the people you vote for. Yep. That's it. Are That's they it. doing what they should be doing? If not, they don't deserve your vote. You know what they say. Elections have consequences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for another show. I, I can't say that it was terrific. I, I can't yeah. say. I think it's just you and I just venting about this one specific issue. But yeah. um, there's, I, it's, I think it's one thing I want to say is like, there's a sense of hopelessness. And um, yeah. we're going to we're gonna have to do something about this. So I will talk to you next time, Jay. All right. Talk to you soon, dude. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. You can find out more about us via our webpage, 
thefedorachronicles.com. There you will find past episodes, show notes, commentary and rants, product reviews, and so much more. Be sure to follow us on social media platforms such as Twitter, Instagram, Truth Social, Mastodon, Telegram, Getter, Tribal, and now on our own Reddit page. You can find us by just searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join us and the rest of the gang of listeners and fans on Facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles and Twitter.com slash Fedora Chronicle. These platforms are a great way to connect with us and share with us your topic suggestions and comments. Or you can just drop us a line at Fedora Chronicle at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us on Twitter's iTunes, FM Player, SoundCloud, and wherever podcasts can be found. And if your favorite podcast subscription service doesn't carry the Fedora Chronicles radio show, let us know and we'll fix that as soon as we can. You can support the show by shopping for our swag on Zazzle.com while showing off your incredible, impeccable taste. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a patron. For a mere $5 a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to all of our listeners who have already contributed. For $4.99, you get the same great content and more on our OnlyFans page, onlyfans.com slash Fedora Chronicle. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by All of Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Once again, on behalf of my co-host Jason Cousineau, this is Eric Renderking-Fisk reminding you that this has been the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show's News of the Week from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. And one last time, keep your chins up and your fedoras on. 